Alrighty. So the topic of this podcast is the most dangerous fighter in history. The most dangerous fighter in history. So I think personally I have to start off with a disclaimer saying right off the top, I don't think there's really any one right or wrong answer to this question. I I think we need to really define the question (laughs) a little bit. This is not the most technical fighter who would put you in a submission move every time. This is the most dangerous. So I think striking sort of takes a upper hand here to grappling. And there's also that whole banner, I'll call it, of people that are not even in professional fighting. You know, there, there could be some guy in a bar somewhere who, who's just hmm. a maniac. Mythical and, you know, barroom brawler. Right. Uh, who's just like a crazy mofo and um, <laughs> and uh, you know because just put, to put a little context into this when we first started discussing this topic um, the it's sort of that classic how the UFC came to be right it's the okay who would win in a fight between a karate guy and a boxer or a jiu-jitsu and a taekwondo guy sort of thing but you got to remember back in the beginning when UFC first came in there was no weight classes there was only a couple of rules no eye gouging no hair pulling that was it mm-hmm. right it wasn't sanctioned like it is today yeah good point so even in you know because i'm sure i don't i haven't seen your list you haven't seen mine i'm sure you're gonna have somebody on it like ali or tyson because they were considered at the time they were the the one the, of those two may be on the list right. and and tyson was a he was a a bad a bad dude he hurt people mm-hmm. but he, he was on zoloft to help him from <laughs> killing everyone and he was he was fighting guys his own height and weight so to speak like it was in his own weight class mm-hmm. uh, and then you know if you put him into a bar fight somewhere with a guy and it wasn't a pure boxing match where the ref is going to stop it if it went to the ground i don't know if tyson would have really been the victor in that fight so is it open-ended and we just try to figure out who the most dangerous person ever was or do we break it down into three or four different fighting styles and try to come up with the baddest guy in the style hmm interesting i i just sort of attacked it as in general terms who were, who would the sort of i have three candidates <coughs> um okay well let's let's see then let's take it down that road and if we have to pivot later we can but all right well my first uh choice would be john bones jones and you're basing that based on his record his overall dominance in in his profession um he has failed some drug tests exactly. so that may uh i was gonna bring that up because i think that would help him in this case rather than hinder because a coked out john jones is even more dangerous i would imagine than a out sober john jones mm. yeah because that that goes right along with what I was just saying about, you know, if, if he's in the UFC, there's rules he right. has to follow. And and I'm sure if he didn't have to follow those rules, he'd be even more and dangerous. And he, he was the guy that, that like, ran down a, a mugger or something, right, and, and beat him up. He, he intervened in some sort of a... Would not surprise me. I think that was him. I I, I'll, we'll check. Since uh, we don't have a producer yet, <laughs> an in-show producer, first episode. Might have to put Cookie on the payroll. <laughs> um, no, I think that was him. 
and um, I I reached out to a buddy of mine last night who this is his sort of uh, his world now. He, he's spent the majority of his life in in security. He, mm-hmm. he ran a security company, and this is the guy that does Krav Maga. Right. So he's yes. he's gone to Israel and he's trained in Krav Maga. And That's true. Gyms. Most likely, the most dangerous fighter is not in. The UFC or right. boxing or yeah. what have you. K1. But the thing with the K- Krav Maga specifically in that in that discipline is it's not a an attack um, discipline. It's a survive at all costs. Right. So if you got three guys coming at you with guns and knives, it's do whatever you got to do to survive. It's not you attack them. It's it's. Um, but anyway, in his his response, because I sort of asked him what what um, what his thoughts were on it, and he said, well, it's it just depends on so many different factors because it's it's. I'll just bring up here what he said. He said it. You it's don't just want the biggest dude. He said if, it, if you have a big mindset. dude who's uncoordinated or not sharp, yeah. Yeah. He said it's the mindset, it's the skills, both physically and mentally. It's their techniques and it's their tactics. So, I mean, I think number one, the mindset, that's key right there. Like the fight or flight syndrome, right? If I'm I'm a flight guy, so if I'm at a bar and somebody wants to fight me, I'm like, nah, and I and I'll I'll get out of there. Mm-hmm. But if you have a guy who's just that, you know, little bit on the edge, and he yeah. wants to get into it with somebody. We'll mix it up. Yeah, he, um, you know, he he might come out victorious on that. Skills, I mean, so some guy could be training for two months versus been in it all of his life. That's going to factor into it. Yeah. And the and the the genre, the discipline that he trains in. Well, then the discipline was my question too. Like I think, especially with a case like Tyson. <laughs> Um, you know, boxing being his forte, if you did go back in time and have him be training in boxing and MMA, jujitsu, and then put him in a ring and then put him in the ring. So the comparable to that would be, um, who was that guy? The, who was doing the backyard street fights, Kimbo Slice, Kimbo Slice, right? So he was not, not trained in a gym as a professional boxer. No, but he was a brawler. He was a brawler, and he won his fights in in the backyards, um, mainly because I think it was he had that min- mindset. He was going in, and he was he had winning the killer and mentality. The killer mentality, and then when he started training in MMA, and he entered into that world, he he I think he did well, but I, I, he, he lost. He did against all right. I I think the hype he fought was not I matched by the one. result. He, he, it wasn't Brock Lesnar that he fought. He, no. He fought somebody, and uh, by the end of it, the two of them were just so tired because they're heavyweight sort of thing. They could barely <laughs> Out swing. Out of shape. Yeah. Conditioning wasn't there. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, Kimbo, people could definitely make the case for him, but I just think going to what your friend said about the mental discipline and everything like that, I don't think he had it. Yeah. Now, in doing my research – Somebody kind of mentioned the same thing you did about John Bones Jones that he was great in the ring, but he he was also juiced, right? He was like you said he failed some drug tests, so he was winning against people because he had whatever it was, human growth hormone or HGH, whatever, steroids, right? whatever the case. So yeah. if you took that away, would he still have been as dominant? But then you know you. But the in coin, this case, right? uh, those rules get thrown out the window. Okay, but then you could say that about anybody, right? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you're uh, some guys in a fight in the street and he's not juiced up, so you've got two of my picks out of me already. Uh, one being John Jones, second being Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Who did you have on your list? 
So <clears throat> looking at it from a pure um, non-research thing, like just a feeling, which is pretty much what I do with everything in life, it's my gut. I The, the first guy that came to mind was Fedor Melienko. Yeah. Because yeah. he was just a... Dangerous. He cruised through yeah, many fights. Ten years, he was pretty much the most feared man in MMA again, mm-hmm. right? And uh, But he, he fought in not just like the UFC MMA, he was in all those other combat sports over right. in Japan. K1 and, and stuff right, like exactly. that. And he was, and they even had that one where he went against that really, really tall Chinese guy who just looked like just a giant. A giant. And uh, he still won. He, I think he got him in an arm bar sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, Fedor is a good pick. Fedor. And the other Kudos. one that I've always been a fan of just because he's, he's a big guy, but he's also been doing it all his life and has that many different genres behind him as Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Okay. But again, these guys are MMA fighters and K1 fighters and stuff like that. Um, you know, if you, if you put them into a fight on the street with somebody, I don't know. <laughs> and then on a sort of a funny note, in reading some things over the years, um, there was a wrestler in the WWE during my time when I was growing up called Haku. Haku, never heard of him. His real name is uh, Tanga Fafita, or Tonga Fafita, and um, Samoan. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, this him and Harley Race were the only two people that Andre the Giant feared. Wow, I didn't know Andre (laughs) feared anyone. Andre the Giant could have been a good could have been a good pick for this too. But see, if if you kick him in the kneecap and he goes down, and then he's down, and and then you're on top of him and you're you're beating him. A lot of weight on those knees. But apparently this guy, they said they they wouldn't believe it unless they saw it, but he got into a bar fight somewhere and he reached into the guy's mouth and basically with his forefinger and his thumb snapped the guy's tooth off and pulled it out. This was your guy, the Samoan. The Samoan guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And um, Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Kevin Sullivan, who I think was Diesel. Yeah, okay. Is um he's a big dude. Alias, yeah. Yeah, and, and he said he was out with him one night and then he got into a bar fight and uh he said, yeah, it's, the guy's like crazy. Crazy. And then just in doing a, a Google search, but trying to get away from the whole who's the most dangerous MMA fighter, there a guy popped up called, um, um, what was it here? William Fairbairn. So this is a guy back prior to or shortly after World War One, I, I think, when the British Army right. was training people, and he's supposedly – has all these hand-to-hand combat skills and, you know, um, he's considered one of the most fearful or feared hand-to-hand combat guys of all time. And then there was a guy in the U.S. called Tim Larkin who is kind of the same thing. He was hmm. training U.S. soldiers. Never heard of either of these and, guys. And those, well, again. But Off the board picks for Ben. Yeah, because these guys are not on TV. You're watching them in sanctioned fights. Yeah. These guys are like behind the scenes fighting for your life in, in war. Right. And, 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 you know, the skills of crushing a guy's windpipe or, yeah. or, you know, putting your thumb through an eyeball or something like that, you know. So, I mean, that's why I say I don't know if we'll ever really be able to come up with a definitive answer to this. Um, and then I also have that, I don't know what to call it. I'd like to put, I'd like to put a, a term on it, but I've often thought about this in the, in the sense of, say, um, Usain Bolt, right? He's considered the fastest guy on earth. Mm-hmm fastest man on earth but there could be somebody who's just never tried out for the olympics 
and lives in some like little pygmy Indian village in the middle of the Amazon or something. Yeah, possible. That that runs faster, but he's just not in those not, contests. Not well known. Yeah, at all. So, I mean, w- we could talk about this for the next hour, and then we'll never really know because there could be some guy who's just, you know, that that crazy and that um, skilled and yeah, that sort of thing. So I don't know. Who else was on your list then? Uh, lastly, I had Crow Cop, Mirko Crow Cop, because he was a big dude, but he could also do some of the high kickboxing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. How was Emelianenko's kickboxing? I, uh, I'd have to look it up, um, see what his record is. But yeah. But I know he could he could kick as well. He could deliver a couple high kicks. Yeah. And I mean, do you go by pure record or? No, I just, Krokop was a pretty large guy. He was in, I believe, the heavyweight division, um, if not light heavyweight. And I think that's just, a, if you're looking for most dangerous, having that ability to pull something like that out of the bag with all the other rules getting thrown out, you never know. I noticed neither of us said someone like Bruce Lee who at the time was like the pinnacle of martial arts still is, I guess the yeah. most revered. He came up on my search a little bit. Cause some people were saying he would be a guy that he would get in, do his sort of punches and kicks and get out. Like he'd be very hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. So he'd do his damage getting in, throwing a couple and then, and then surviving if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like if you took a guy like him and put him up against Mike Tyson, Right or even bigger, like a Fedor or an Andre the Giant. If they got their hands on him and they held him somehow, yeah. not good for him. Right. Yeah. You know, or they they. Oh, you know, somebody else that that also came up that I didn't think about too was um, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, he. I thought of him too. He's supposedly a really badass. He's dude very lethal in hand to hand combat and and um, submissions. And, yeah, and things in like his that. prime. Yeah, and, and he goes to I think Guantanamo Bay and and trains with those trains guys. them and also sort of does that um you know pumps them up or whatever it does the the does toxin the training speeches. speeches yeah hmm. ken shamrock came up on mine i, I thought about it uh, i should have pushed more into that i did not know he was going to gitmo and training mm-hmm. the proud men and women of the armed forces there but is the whole meme world of um Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. They say that he, you know. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Uh, Not quite meme worthy as uh, no, Chuck, but. We've talked about him before where he, uh, yeah, he's supposedly a, a pretty, a badass dude, but he's fatter now. I don't know if he'd be able to. Yeah, but this is him in his prime. This was <laughs> under and siege, Steven Seagal. But, I mean, you put. I've always wanted to see the super fight. If we're talking just celebrities, I'd always love to see uh, Prime Seagal go up against like Prime Van Dam. That'd be fantastic. People would pay the pay per view for that. Yeah, I definitely I would put my money on Seagal from what I've heard. Really, yeah. I was going the other way. Yeah. I'd put it on JCVD. Mm. No, well, no. I, I, I again from what I've read. This is this is why we need it to happen. <laughs> come out of retirement and really go for it well uh, so what we're actually talking about here is the actual movie blood sport like it's really yeah you never saw blood sport no (laughs) okay so it's that underground fight 
and you could die uh and it's you know anybody from any genre versus anybody and there's no weight classes or anything it's just draw the number and fight the guy and move on if you win oh and um now that's based on a true story too so i don't know this like, is in thailand <laughs> uh i forget where it took place i want to say california but really not, okay. not, maybe not in there was an american in it the, the who's that guy he played in he was very famous there in the 80s he played in um like the revenge of the nerds and stuff like that that big ogre guy mm. anyway um yeah so th but that like the the frank dukes is, is the um that's van damme's character, van damme's character is, is a real is a real guy like that i don't know how to par it was in the movie like how how much they stuck to the truth sort of thing it's a movie so they're going to embellish some things maybe but right that really happens or happened some sort of underground fight club. fight tournament thing uh. yeah Oh, and there's another one too, right? Fight Club. After that movie came out, maybe there was guys that were having these like underground fight clubs. Oh, believe it. Yeah, I believe that. And then also, it's kind of off topic, but um, uh, what the hell is her name? Paige Van Sant from, from UFC. She's signed on to fight in some bare knuckle boxing UFC type um, fighting thing now. She's going to be fighting some other girl, bare knuckle boxing, in in uh, in February. So, but again, that's going to be against somebody that's her own size and weight right. and things like that. Right? But it gets, I mean, the, the the topic, the question, searching for the answer gets more and more layers all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's really how you define it. I, I just pulled up the Google for most dangerous fighter and it says the 10 most dangerous fighter in MMA uh history is mine the one I saw John Bon Jones is on he is on the list they said number 10 Wanderlei Silva the axe murderer I mean with a name like that <laughs> you throw the rules out the window maybe okay. he is BJ Penn coming in at number 9 seems like these are all MMA guys only yeah. uh Chuck Liddell uh -huh. yeah he would be pretty dangerous John Jones coming in at number seven, oh. which is lower than I expected. Randy Couture at number six. I think this is the one that has GSP at number two or something. Royce Gracie coming in at number five. You know, obviously him and his whole family did so much for the BJJ. Mm -hmm. um, Brazilian Jitsu, Jiu Jitsu, sorry. Royce Gracie is five. Leo. He's not a guy that would knock you out. He would just hold you down and choke you with his gi. Yeah, he could. Uh, or submit you. He could, yeah, he could be very technical and get you the points. Uh, Leoto Macchiata the Dragon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, number three, Anderson Silva. He was really good for a long time. He could do it. He could strike. He could grapple. He could get you on the ground. Um yeah, but I mean, you we're, again, we're going taking out the rules. Is he going to be the best barroom brawler? Yeah. Does he have that killer instinct? Maybe he did. Does. Uh, George St. Pierre at number two, and number one being Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah, he was a unit, Fedor. And the thing I read the other day, they were saying about um, Daniel Cormier. He only lost to John Von Jones, and then if you throw in that thing that John Von Jones was, was most likely juicing, was juiced, 
if you take that off his record, then he was he had many many wins, and he started out as a wrestler and then worked on his boxing and got better at it, and you know he was very much a beast in the ring. Okay, yeah, I mean, but we keep coming back to the sanctioned in the ring MMA stuff, right? Fighters. Yeah, I guess that's because they have the most all round ability. It's very, but it's also what we're shown. We're also it's available for us to watch right and, now. And yeah, who's to say that? You know, Joe Lewis from back in the day wasn't one of the most deadly guys. But again, that was just boxing. Yeah. Well, and... Like, would you think of Ray Lewis? Like, Ray Lewis apparently, allegedly, we'll go allegedly, killed a man. Had it covered up or had a... Like, know, outside the ring, you mean? Or, or like, had a, a barroom brawl and killed the guy, stabbed him, and uh, had... Okay, but stabbing him is not... <laughs> That's with a weapon. We're not talking weapons. We're talking Good point. Yeah, combat. good point. But, I mean, that shows he had that crazy <laughs> killer edge. It could be the dividing line. Could separate it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, uh, and, again, one I don't think we can really come to an answer on. Now, if we went down the other fork in the road and just focused on specific genre like boxing, who is the most... Yeah, if you think of that. Deadliest boxer of all time. It might still be Tyson. Based on what, though? Knockouts? Like, who's got the most knockouts? Yeah, who has the most vicious knockouts? Vicious knockouts. I think uh, he's up there. Because the most, the guys with the highest record being 40-0 and or, or... Yeah, like Mayweather is undefeated. But didn't really knock people out, right? He just right. went around. I don't know exactly. I'd have to look it up, but... Yeah, I'm sure he's got some knockouts in there, but overall, yeah, the and majority Julio would be. Cesar Chavez, he was like 50 and 0 or something, wasn't he? I don't know. Or maybe he wasn't 50 and 0. He had 15. Like, who's got the most boxing wins ever? Off the We'd have to look that one up. We're going to look that one up. I mean, realistically, though, I think for boxing, it would be Tyson. I, I don't know. Yeah, he lost to Buster Douglas, but it was just sort of a one off. He was just burning through competition in his day. Uh, sorry, so that's longest KO streak. Is this the oldest? Not the oldest champion. Most world titles in different weight classes is Pacquiao. Most times is undisputed heavyweight champion is Muhammad Ali. He won like three times. Mm-hmm. Just watch that documentary. The most bouts and wins in a career is Len Wicker Wickwar. Len Wickwar. Between nineteen twenty eight and nineteen forty seven, Wickwar compiled a record of three hundred and thirty nine to eighty six to forty two for a total of four hundred and sixty seven fights. Holy cow. This is one of those <laughs> records that'll never be touched. Yeah, I guess so. I feel like uh rules were a little less strict back then. <laughs> and then this guy called Archie Moore, the old mongoose, was a top-rated fighter from middleweight to heavyweight and won 183 professional fights, 131 of those by stoppage. Meaning he was beating up the other guy so bad, the ref yeah. had to just like enough. Wow. That's a lot of fights for that first guy, the Warwick. 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 Wow. Weird. So 
top 50 pound for pound. Uh, that's another term that gets yeah, thrown Yeah, they always throw pound, pound for pound, for pound right? fighters. And that's the whole thing about putting them in the ring at the same pound, right? Right, at the same weight class. Yeah. All right, so then what's going here? So Sugar Ray Robinson, the best pound for pound boxer. What did he fight at? Middleweight? Welterweight and middleweight. Yeah. Five times. He wasn't that big. Ali was a heavyweight or light heavyweight? Louis Armstrong, Willie Pep, Muhammad Ali was a heavyweight. WBA four times, WBC two times, 56 and five. For best boxer, it's going to be up there. Ali, Tyson, Lennox Lewis was pretty badass. Roberto Duran, 103 to 16 and 70 by KO. Five titles and four weight divisions. <laughs> Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey. Yeah. That's back when they They're had like very little like gardening gloves on. Mm-hmm. Sugar Ray Real Leonard. old school. Sugar Ray Leonard. And who did I say the first one was? Sugar Ray, Ray Robinson. Yeah. Couple sugar rays. Hmm. Interesting. Julio Cesar Chavez, 108 to 62. So that's a pretty good um, ratio. Yeah. 108 wins, six losses, two draws, 87 by KO. That's pretty good. That's pretty. And what is he fighting at? Flyweight, lightweight. Six world championships and three weight divisions, but they don't mention well, anything else. Well, he obviously moved up and down then. Yeah. George Foreman's coming in at number 20. A lot of people I've never heard of. Stanley Ketchell, Barney Ross, Jimmy McLaren. <laughs> never heard of these guys. So, all right. Then in this. Joe Frazier. For boxing, let's go for a top five. In no particular order. You could do Tyson, Ali. Are we talking most dangerous? Are we talking like. Dangerous. This is not just strictly pull up the record. and. I don't know. Because I also heard, too, that. A lot of the fights that Tyson had after... Were against scrubs. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Almost like that whole Rocky thing where apparently he was... Once getting, he reached a pinnacle. They were giving him these guys that were not quite the same level as him just to... Just to feed the beast. Him. And, I mean, the whole thing was puppeteered by... Don King. Don King. So can you ever really trust anything that happened there? You can't really trust Don King, can you? I don't know. But, I mean, just the fear, like, if you do the eye, the eyeball test, right, watching boxing matches, Tyson was just a beast. Like mm-hmm. he, 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 he That's ne- where I was going from. He never threw a sock punch. He was no. out to, to knock you out. It was not very jab-friendly. Jab no. And threw everything with every possible muscle in his body, right? Throwing with vigor. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, he was a, he was a mean guy. So you got Tyson, you have Ali, just based on the fact that, well, he didn't have that many knockouts, did he? Like, he would always just sort of go the distance. Yeah. I, I mean, I was not a heavy into boxing back then, so I can't say that I watched a lot of his fights. I kind of came into it around the, the whole, um, who's the golden boy? now promoting fights oscar de la hoya Hoya, thank you yeah and um roy jones jr he was my favorite guy that was the guy that just 
fought Tyson, right? Yeah. They just had their old school. Came to a draw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Two-minute round. Yeah, exactly. And Tyson afterwards said he was totally high during it. What? Yeah, he, he said he was he smoked before he went in the ring, and he was he was On cannabis. Yeah. He was elevated. Yeah. Oh, boy. You bet. Would that have helped him or <coughs> slowed him down just a tad? I don't know. Uh, probably just take some of the edge off, take some of the nerves off. Um, Keep him from killing Roy Jones. <laughs> I never. That's not what I was bringing that up for. Just from you know the fear of hey I'm old and I don't want to get hit anymore. So now it's it's kind of feels like a tickling match instead of a boxing match. But yeah, maybe he did it so he didn't really hurt the guy. Because um, in the uh, interviews afterwards, a few days afterwards, Roy Jones said that yeah, it, re- it really hurts when you get hit by him. Like you, oh, for sure, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be feeling it. Yeah. He switched to, to being a vegan, too, so he really made hmm. uh, some life changes, not just for the fight, just overall. So sure. you can see he looked better than he had probably in years. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe what we do is, uh, you know, we, we post this, and then if the day ever comes and people listen to it. Yeah, the listeners at home or in your car or on the train, <laughs> this is – Totally opening the window for you to join the discussion here. So one day down the road, we'll have a call in or something or an email in and people can throw some other names in the hat, right? Because it's such a polarizing and open-ended question. Yeah. And I mean, if you do think about the eye tests, there's definitely some guys we haven't seen fight that other people have. And it's, you know, this guy or this person is the real deal. I mean... For the long, you know, let's get into the women's game. For the longest time, we thought uh, Ronda Rousey was the end-all, be-all, and then she was just taken off the mantle or the podium. And that's why the 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 whole concept of fighting is so is so interesting because, uh, you know, I I think I've said this before. You can put people in the ring two or three times, and the outcome could always be different. Oh yeah. It's always in that moment. Although the Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fights always seem to end up as Chuck winning. Um, and there's one where they're in the same weight class and the same genre and everything like that. I think Chuck just had the other had Tito's game plan. He was the Iceman. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? It's just even just last week what happened with, um, with um, McGregor. Right? He was just chopped down and, and beaten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At some point, what would Khabib get thrown into the most dangerous? The guy was wrestling bears as a child. Neither one of us had him on our list. I I really thought about it, but I thought he was so grappling heavy. Hmm. Like most of his wins come by getting guys on the ground. And but I think that's that's how a street fight will part go. of it. Yeah, you know, it's it's not. You don't have when a street fight breaks out. You don't have two guys standing there, and a, a third in the middle going like, okay you know, break and, and do this. It's, right. it's, it's a survive at all costs. Right? Yeah. So Khabib would definitely, uh, you'd have to put him on the list. I think. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he wasn't on that list. We just read previously. That's true. Yeah. And it's, he had a 29 and 0, 30 well, and 0. And again, so the disclaimer at the beginning, of this, there's a second disclaimer. You can't always believe everything you read on the internet. For right. One. And that's one person's interpretation of that list. But I would have put him on that list ahead of Anderson Silva. Sure. Maybe George. Because what's his? Like, he's he's undefeated. He was, no. 
What's the Silva? Silva? No, Khabib. Khabib's 29 and 0. He's 29 and 0. I believe so. They're all, all the talk is to get him to 30. And he's just right now saying, like, ah, I, there's nobody in my, my level. Nobody cares. Like, uh, yeah, so he's 29. And 8 he, by knockout, 11 by submission, 10 by decision. He retired due to him saying that his father passing away. That was his main inspiration. His, you know, it was coach his uh, main driver behind his career for this and without having him in his corner he was somewhat a lost ship so they say so he's not done he could keep fighting there's nothing from a physical standpoint that would deter him from getting in and continue to roll and crush but there does seem to be something in the mental or the heart game where it's just his he's not in it as much now that his dad has passed away. Maybe he's got other priorities. I mean, he's obviously been, made his money. Does he need more? Probably not. Um, <laughs> so you kind of respect him for that if he's choosing to walk away due to his beliefs and where he's at on a personal level. That's That's great. Actually, the answer just came to me. Hmm. It's my dad. It's my dad can beat up your dad. Isn't that what the the, the conversation on the on the playgrounds always? My dad can beat up your yeah, dad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Ivan would have a good chance against <laughs> Oris, probably. Even back in his prime, Oris was pretty thin and just I don't know, <sighs> not as much of a scrapper. I think my I get my I'm a lover, not a fighter from my dad. So yeah. All right. Well, I mean. You want to put an official or non-official, I guess, stamp on it? Who's your pick? If you had to pick one out of everybody we talked about so far, who would it be? Uh, might have to be Fedor. That's a good choice. I think so. I think I would agree. He's just um, so dominant. And uh, never. the other thing, too, he never really took any damage in all of his fights. He just seemed to, you know, he, he was a good striker. And if he got in close enough and got a hold of you, he'd... he'd pull you to the ground and submit you but he never really took a lot of damage hmm. not like the lightweights which makes them so so interesting and exciting to watch because it's it's total just carnage carnage and chaos it's throwing bombs like quick all the time where two heavyweights get in there and they just go for that one big bomb punch and uh yeah and and then again i i, I wish i knew that guy's name that big chinese dude that they it's almost like they used it for spectacle because I think he had done that a few different times. He he fought these other small guys and seemed to lose a lot too. Hmm. I mean, he you know, like I, don't know, I could try to find. You think he would just palm their head <laughs> like a basketball? And you're yeah. coming here, punch, punch. Your giant is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. Hong Man Choi. All right, so let's see. Pull that up. Yeah, I'll bring it up over there. So just I want to find this guy's height. Here. So <laughs> he was seven foot two. That's 352 pounds. Okay. That's actually not as tall as I was expecting. Can you see him? Oh, wow. Yeah, he looks like a unit, but I, I could see how someone with the agility could get around him. Yeah. Korean. Yeah, yeah. Super heavyweight. Yeah. So he's got a... See here... 20 fights, 12, 7 by knockout, 8 losses. 8 losses, that's a lot. And that's uh, kickboxing, sorry. that's kick So mm -hmm. mixed martial arts, he had 9, so 4 wins, 3 by knockout, 1 submission, 5 losses. More losses 
by submission. That's the thing when they're so tall, like their limbs are so gangly, you could get a hold of that and use the pressure points. Yeah, yeah we'll have to watch it later. But I mean, it's Crow Cop fight him, fought him. Sorry. <laughs> oh, fought that that guy as well. Looks like it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how the K1 works, but it seems like they get some very uh, different weight classes going up against each other, which I'm fine with. Adds to the spectacle, really. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Ben? Well, I think I think the K1, uh, you know, based on what I recall and, and when I was watching it, um, it, it's basically a tournament that happens in like a day. Really? So it's not... Okay, you have a fight coming up in May. Train for it now, and that's it. It's you enter it, and it's like, okay, you're fighting this dude now, and if you win, you move on, and you're gonna fight the next guy. It's like a round robin that happens in a weekend or something. I hmm. think that's the concept. I'd have to look that up as well. Yeah. Good question for the podcast. Do we do more research before we sit down and talk? Yes, or uh, absolutely, <laughs> always. More research, uh, the better. But I think this one was just mostly opinion-based because even if you do the research, and well, this guy had the record. We're not looking for the, just the record. Yeah. We're looking for who's the baddest mofo on the planet. This was a hard a hard one to tackle first off out of the gate, but um, it, it's also, like I said, it's it's a polarizing question. One yeah, no, I would expect if, no if there are listeners, there would be feedback for sure. Everyone would have an opinion that watches or somewhat watches the any of the fight games, whether it be boxing, karate, UFC, MMA in general. And it's uh, speaking specifically of, say, MMA, it's interesting how there's a lifespan, right? So you sort of get to – it's like all anything in sports, but yeah, you're not taking some guy who is – perhaps considered one of the baddest guys ever and he's entering the ring at 65 years old and he's beating 22 year olds you know it's mm -hmm. it's but this is this this is the test of time this goes back to to the the um like the beginning of the olympics right this is wrestling yeah. is where it all began and it was it was greco-roman wrestling and and i don't know what kind of rules they had back then but uh well you know were they were there weight classes back then, or was it just two guys entering the ring? I think it was just two guys entering the ring. <coughs> they may have tried to size them up appropriately, but I'm sure they wanted the David versus Goliath type of battle to happen. And I wonder, was there any sort of doping going on back then? Obviously not like with the synthetic stuff today, yeah. but were they eating special plants <laughs> that nobody else knew Quite about? Quite possibly, yeah. Here, chew on these cocoa leaves. Yeah. Because that certainly wasn't tested for and, no, and, and sanctioned. They're, they're, they're not doing piss tests <laughs> in the in the Coliseum. I mean, hell, they had guy fight a lion kind yeah, of yeah. situation too. So yeah. funny how we've evolved, yet not not quite fully there. We we still enjoy our spectacle of violence. But I think that's why my wife she'll like why are you watching this because this is this is really what sport is this is just two guys entering a ring of some sort and having mm -hmm. a fight there's no there's nothing else right because a topic i think we'll have another time is my whole topic of what is a sport oh yeah so that, that that debate will right. be had so on air so just a little um you know, forecast into that, a sport, I think, has three things. It's got to have... Uh, up, up. Are well, we getting into this? No, we're not getting into it. I'm just saying it's got to have physical ability, 
there's got to be strategy and you have to be able to keep your opponent from reaching their goal and that's exactly in a fight you have to be fit right you have to have some sort of strategy you have to know your opponent's weaknesses and strengths and you're going to avoid them or, or or utilize them and you have to keep your opponent from trying to reach their goal which is them beating you right Yes. Versus something this, like, like this bowling. is a discussion for another day. I, Bowling's not a sport. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to in, in, uh, engage you in this I get, one. I get it, but just a little forecast into what what we could talk about. What around. what what's cooking in Ben's uh, mind right now on that topic for another day? Yeah, yeah. We'll little do. insight, but I mean, really, no one said Bruce Lee, and I thought someone was. I thought one of us would have had him at the beginning, but yeah. Yeah, I but uh, but you know what? That could be because I I never saw any of his fight. I don't like. I don't really know if he was ever in fights. He was he he showcased supposedly anyway. I think this is a true story. But he went to some karate convention and he showcased his whole um his what he created the Kichung Do uh, and he promised he could beat a guy in under sixty seconds or something. Whoa. Like that. And old he, claim. And he did, um, but you know, in a street fight. I don't know if he ever really got into those. Yeah, good point. Um, and then everything after that was Hollywood. You know, like he, he was all, it was all choreographed and scripted. And yeah, it looked really cool, but how realistic yeah. are these? And I think Tarantino did a great job in... in. Um, you know, I was wondering if we were going <laughs> to get into that. Right, it's just a movie, but... You no, know, but it's it's kind of true, right? Like, he's got this aura about him. He's this badass, yeah. and, and the, uh, he the Brad He dust Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And the Brad Pitt character like throws him into a car, kind of gives him, him the first it. one, and then he knows, okay, that that's his move, perhaps. And the uh, next time he grabs him and throws him into a car, that's brawling. That's that's a proper scrap. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay. Good. Did we put that? Okay. Good. I think. Did we put that baby to bed? I think we're yeah we're there. I. I you know, as we said, it was going to be tough to nail down. I think we've come to our consensus that if we were going to a dark alley, we would want Fedor to be there at our side to get through it. But obviously, everyone has a different answer for that. Uh, if you do and you're listening at home, feel free to send it in. Yeah, I got a Fedor or that, that Haku guy. The, um Tonka Fafita, who just apparently was a, a psychopath, and we're gonna, I'm gonna have to watch some highlights. Of yeah, this. but that's wrestling. That's you're not gonna see the stuff of him behind the scenes and in in. Um, Samoans are intense. I'll, that's true. I'll say that, and it's probably uh, I the only one I think I read was The Rock's book, and I don't think he mentioned anything about him. But like, if you read, um, most likely cousins. No, I'm just saying somebody that was in wrestling around the same time that he was could have written a book and has some stuff in his book about the the behind the scenes there was some incident i recall he was in in the shower with somebody and the guy came out bloodied and <laughs> and uh you know nobody really saw what happened but he was that kind of a crazy do not mess with him i think he's still alive so maybe you know if this ever gets to his ears i have to change my address or something <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. So, exactly what I said would happen. We can't really come to a definitive answer. It's an open-ended thing, very hard to nail down, but um, Fedor Melanenko is our answer. He is our pick. Mailing it in. All right. Okay, good. We'll catch you on the next one. This is the shooting the shite. 
Shooting the Shite Podcast 1, Episode 1. Episode 1.